Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I am your host, Frank, and today I am bringing you through the static with somebody that is killing it on LinkedIn, killing it on just one social media. One social media because he chose to specify, because he chose to put all his eggs in the same basket. And we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to be talking about a phenomenon of marketing online. We're going to be talking about somebody who leveraged uh, a small platform initially, a platform that has over a million members now. Uh, we're talking about LinkedIn, and we are talking about Fabio Marama. So, Fabio, do you want to say hi? How's it going, man? I appreciate you having me on the podcast here, Frank. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. And I'm going to learn so much from this conversation. I always love to say, you know, the person that learns the most within these podcasts is me because I get to absorb all this knowledge. I get to meet the people that are changing the world, meet the people that are changing their lives for the better. And they're actually walking the walk and talking the talk. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, man. That's that's the best. I've, to meet those types of people, you want to surround yourself with those people in your life because, man, that's... That's how you learn, right? You gotta be humble and say, I don't have everything all put together. Uh, I wanna surround myself with people that are gonna help, help me grow, regardless of you know, your status, title, position, whatever, right? Like, surround yourself with those types of people. Absolutely, I love it. So let's talk a little bit about you. Give us a little bit of background information. I wanna know the backdrop of your life. So how did you get into marketing? How did you leverage LinkedIn? Start with your bachelor's. You can talk about the, the certificate that you got in Actus, entrepreneurship, your passion for marketing. How did it all develop? Yeah, it's funny. There's um, The backstory is, you know, I would say like not like I'm like a lot of people because you know there's nothing, I like to say when someone asks me these types of questions, I never had that, let's say, Know, rock bottom moment. People like I hit rock bottom, and I like, you know, I knew I had to, 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 to forge this path. For me, it was really just a step by step, like day after day realization of certain things that I needed to do. And um, you know, I grew up in a in a home where you know my father was a business owner. He owned his own construction company, so you know we built houses. I was working with him as early as like 12 years old on the job site. Um, you know, so he instilled with with me and, and you know my two other brothers. Some, you know, just good work ethic, hard work, um, you know, and uh, you know, diligence and um, a lot of these different characteristics I think have helped sort of within my life. But um, the other side of the coin was I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So as I got older, I was in school, you know, I, I, I ended up taking a program in, in university. I went to Brock University to start and um, I didn't even know what I really wanted to do. So I took health, like health sciences and... I just, I just hated it. Like I just took, I finished the year and I'm like, this is just not me. Like I took this for potentially an opportunity to get a job and that sort of thing. And then I realized like, this is just nothing I'm passionate about. Like I can go into this and, and just be completely miserable with, with the career choice. So I dropped out and, um, I ended up working for a full year. Um, and so I worked it, I worked for a year and I had a friend who, a good friend who said, like, you should take business. I took business, um, um, give it a go. So, you know, I've always wanted to be that person that has had an impact on someone um, that is always leveling up for more and, you know, never, that was never satisfied with the status quo. So, um, you know, I really made a commitment going to Niagara College and I'm like, okay, if I'm going to take business marketing, I really want to make sure that I'm not wasting my time here. Like, that I'm really going to do things that not everybody else is doing. And as a student, most people are pretty complacent. Like you get your, you go to school, you get your your grades, and you're like, all right, I graduate, I get a job. I was like, okay, I, I don't want to just do that. So, you know, I made a I made a point to um, I made a point to to make sure that that first day I was um, 
know, I went to the chair of the business school, and I asked him, uh, his name was Jim, and I said, Jim, like, what can I do to stand out here? Um, you know, I want to do things that nobody else is doing. And he said, most people come to, come to class, and I see, it, I see it all the time, and I like to say is they, they are a PCP student. So he said, don't be a PCP student. And this is for parking lot, classroom, parking lot. He's like, they, they come in, they drive in, they, they park, they go to class, and then they go right back to the parking lot and they drive home, and that's it. They just rinse and repeat until they're done and they graduate with their piece of paper and they're out of, they're out of here. I said, okay, well, like, he's like, you need to get involved. Like, that's like 30, that's like 20 to 30% of your whole school experience. If you want like the 50 to 70%, you need to get involved on campus and, and, and put the things that you're learning into practice, like, take some of that real world experience that not a lot of students are getting. I said, okay, how do I do that? And that's when I discovered Anactus, right? So it was a, an amazing organization. Um, and, you know, I was like, okay, this is cool. I met a community of amazing students. Ended up becoming the vice president of the entire group. And, you know, being part of some participating teams across Canada, um, you know, we built some amazing programs in our communities. We built, uh, you know, we taught kids how to start a business. We taught um, you know, in elementary school kids, and you know, we, we built financial literacy programs for high school high school students. We helped small businesses in our community grow. And I'm like, we're working with entrepreneurs who have restaurants, and we're like 17 years old, 18 years old, and we're like making a difference in these in these businesses. So it it really occurred to me that I was like, this is like this is this is awesome, and I need to do more of this. So I I I worked you know hard, and and I. Spent a lot of my time, you know, in college, and I, I worked on a lot of these programs. And you know, we got second in Ontario back to back in entrepreneurship, and then back to back in the national program, uh, uh, we got second, uh, top ten in Canada back to back too. So uh, we had one of the smallest budgets in the entire country. You know, we were going against schools that had million dollar budgets. So you know, that was a turning point for me. And I thought I'm going to take that into my career. So when I graduated, I took a lot of this same concept and mentality of self-starting and very entrepreneurial action and I thought like I don't have just a job description I'm going to treat my job as if I'm an entrepreneur if there's a problem I'm going to present a business case and think we need to do this and I did that throughout you know the number of years that I'm saying still there and I've been having making a difference in so many different areas touching so many different areas of the business um, and then at the same point I'm like I, I still want more and so for me that's where know sharing my you know my value on LinkedIn experiences and things that I've that I've gone through was my next step mm -hmm. and I thought this is this is sort of that next step for me is continuing to provide value to people in a way that I can reach hundreds of thousands of people without having to talk to them specifically one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one or in a room or what have you I can I can scale my message and that was sort of that next point for me um, and uh, it's been really really cool ever since especially over the last year since I've been, been able to that's amazing, man. I really find that, that that particular path is very organic. And you mentioned Enactus, you know, um, I did a project over the Christmas where we fed 80 homeless people and we partnered with Enactus. They have Project Foster. Um, we basically raised money and we went uh, and they had like $5 meals. So we went to give that with them. We wrote, you know, like 
cards with a, with a message and we all sign them and it really helped people and you can really see the difference in people's faith and when it's real world results with real people in a real community there's something about that there's something about that that's just it just keeps me going it's just amazing to me to have that and I just discovered Enactus you know last semester I would have totally joined them if I knew if I knew about them before I, I knew about all these different clubs you know I thought it was per like there's the, the marketing club there's the accounting club but then the entrepreneurship club I'm like whoa whoa what's this like I start looking at it I'm like wow this is amazing this is amazing what they're doing because it's so vast and like you don't have to specify in one little area it doesn't have to be like a really like telltale you do exactly what you're supposed to do in one branch of marketing or one branch in accounting and that's what I love about Enactus is that they're doing so many different things that is so different and so amazing and they're empowering so many different people and I believe that the power of the individual is definitely um, key because Individualism is what the West bases itself on. You know, like one a person like Elon Musk, like Bill Gates, they change the world, and it only takes one person with one idea and one move to do it. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about that later. But let's talk about your motivation. Let's talk about where you come from. Let's talk about what shapes your passion. So let's talk about um, your favorite quote, which is "Work hard, stay hungry, and be humble." Why those three principles? Uh, you work hard. I can imagine that you know working that incremental analysis of growing from year to year to year really helps helps you for the work hard part but why like stay hungry and be humble why be humble why if i if i'm super successful and i want to show it to the world why should i be humble why should i even care what other people think does a lion really concern himself with the opinions of sheep yeah so of course the work hard the work hard you know um point is is obvious like i mentioned it was instilled in me um the other thing is hunger right like if you're not hungry every day, if you're not passionately waking up and being like, I can't wait to do this thing, whatever it is that you do, you want you want to do, um, you're just not going to be as motivated to go out and make a difference. Like, if you are sleeping in, if you want to wake up in the morning, if you're waking up in the morning early and you're like, I can't wait to get start start on my day for this thing or whatever, like you need to realign yourself with what is it that that's going to motivate you and, and build you up because the, when you're when you're filled with what you're doing. Which is more of your purpose of what you've, uh, what you've loved. Like, it's going to be so much easier. And um, so, being hungry and being hungry to make a difference. That's in, and that's and for anyone listening. That could be in your career or as a business. Even in your career, like hunger is, you're in a position and you just want to provide value to the organization. And you're like, I want to make a difference to this entire organization, not just me and my role. You know, you need to be hungry of looking for opportunities that you can, you know, create or. Um, align yourself with or partner with other people um and then lastly being humble right like being humble you know it, the concept really came to me from um the book good to great and um jim collins outlines a great um in that book in terms of you know he, they examine the top leaders in the entire world fortune 500 companies you name it and they they analyzed what are the top qualities for for companies that are just like absolutely growing at an, an amazing rate and their their culture, the people are engaged, you know, they would be considered great companies doing amazing things. And then they look at companies that are doing amazing things also, but they're just, they're doing good. Like they're profitable, they're doing good. And who are the people running these companies? Like what are their characteristics? And they found that Although everybody had a lot of different traits, the ones which were very few companies, very, very few, had very specific 
two very specific traits in great companies. These leaders had humility is number one. So they were humble. They were, they were the ones when, when, when shit hits the fan, they were the ones that said, it's my fault. You know what I mean? Like, I take the blame. I'm steering the ship. Um, they're, they're, not, they're not deflecting the blame onto their teams. Like, they're the ones taking the blame. They're the ones, um, you know, when things go right, they're actually deflecting the praise and they're saying, it wasn't me, it was my team. Like, it was, it was everybody but me. Like, those are the people that when you're working for them, you're like, I want to work for this person. I, like, with blood, blood, sweat, and tears. Because it's like, they're not proud of taking all the credit. They're like, they just do it because they want other people to succeed and that's a, humility is just a, a, a trait of a really really good quality leader um, and I'm not even there yet like I'm not there yet man there's so many times in my life that I'm proud of the things that I do and I'm like man I gotta check my heart sometimes because when it, it's filled with pride you lose sight of the things you need to learn too because you think you have it all put together you think you're better than other people and then you just lose sight on you know those next steps with the people you need to learn from so by staying, you know, humble, um, you open yourselves, you open yourself up to so much more growth than if you had a more of a proud heart. So that's sort of my philosophy is why I live by a lot of those concepts. I love it. I really, really love it. And, um, you know, the people that are really at the top and that are producing this amazing, these amazing companies and these amazing results are very approachable at all times too, you know? Like, I would have never been able to pitch to somebody like you um, if you had all this pride and all this acknowledgement of everything you did because um, if you build yourself too high, you end up falling from even higher, you know what I'm saying? And you end up, that's how you end up at the rock bottom if you don't uh, acknowledge that incremental growth and that's what I'm going through and I really see that I really see that in people who are really successful they're hungry but they're also super humble um, the people who post you know like pictures of lions and all this type of crap um, I feel I really want to stay away from because those are the people that I feel either are gonna really really succeed and then really really drop or the people that that they're they're affluent, but they're looking at the things that aren't like substantial about themselves, you know, like they're not deep individuals. They don't dig deep. They don't have that passion that you and I have that the people who are humble and like acknowledge uh, acknowledging of their humanity have. So I really, really love that. Thank you for uh, for that answer. Um, Absolutely. So, so next we're going to talk about the social media that you decided to leverage. We're going to talk about your passion. We're going to talk about marketing. Um, how did you get involved in marketing and how did, why did you choose LinkedIn? There's so many amazing platforms. There's Facebook, there's Instagram, YouTube, all kinds of different platforms, especially because you're on video. Why did you focus on the business segment and why did you decide to go in, in, uh, in uh, LinkedIn? Sorry. Yeah, for me it was, I always loved LinkedIn in terms of the platform and Although it was very different than it used to, than it is today. Like it used to be, and it still is to a, to a certain extent, a resume platform and a job search platform for, for recruiting and you name it, right? A resume site where you you know post your education and experience, and that stuff still exists. And even though I liked it, um, you know, I was on all these other platforms, but I I don't know. I just gravitated towards it, and I. Um, I would open my LinkedIn, like I was one of those, like probably many people still today, once a month, you know, you, you open your LinkedIn and you kind of scroll through uh, any new notifications, okay, great, great, I'm done. See you next month, LinkedIn. Um, but I don't know, like one of those, I think it was just one of the times I, I opened my app and I remember hitting the newsfeed and I just saw content that was so vastly different than I'd ever seen. Um, instead of just the like, the, like you know, posts of like, 
IT services and all these other random things and like Forbes articles, all good stuff. It was all shared stuff. Like nobody was creating original content. So I was like, I saw I saw the same guy on my feet every time I opened my phone. So I started opening my phone a little bit more on LinkedIn and checking it out, just curious. And I saw Swish Goswami, uh, Mandu Goswami. And um, I saw him every time at the top of my newsfeed creating content, writing stories. I'm like, this, who is this guy, first of all? And I'm not even connected to him, so why is he showing up on my feed? <laughs> and um, I ended up reaching out to him and connecting with him. And yeah, and then just thought, this is interesting. Like, I, I love the business side, the, 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 the professional work-related side of, of LinkedIn as opposed to like, you know, Instagram, vastly different, and Twitter. And I'm like, I want to share leadership concepts, marketing concepts that fit so much uh, better with a platform like LinkedIn, given its, its, you know, its, its style and nature of being a business networking site. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start sharing my knowledge. And I just started sharing like stories of things that I've learned throughout my career, even in you know school and in Actus way back. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start sharing this kind of stuff. And you know, I wrote my first article about my story about PCP that I just shared. I shared that. It was my first article. Um, and, you know, I got some engagement. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Like, some people are listening, but I still had a very small community, like 500 to 1,000 people um, con- connections. And, um, and then I, I was introduced to a guy named Quinton Alums. And uh, Quinton's a great video creator on the platform. He's just like, hey, good content, man. Like, keep up the great work. I love, I love your writing style or whatever, right? And I was like, it really occurred to me like you can meet amazing people outside of your city. So for me, it was I was only I was really only connected to people that I met on my professional journey in my career, people that I work with, and I'm like a lot of these people weren't even on LinkedIn. So I was like, okay, of these thousand people, how many of them are actually on LinkedIn consistently? Maybe a hundred people. The other nine hundred are pretty quiet. They were they were like me. They open my app their app once a month. So I'm not really talking to anybody. So I really made a commitment, like, I'm going to start sharing good content and growing my community and building with the right people. So I started to really seek out who is on LinkedIn, who's creating content. And I started meeting, you know, people like Michaela, Alexis. And um, and then I, as I was just sharing good content, I started getting introduced to all these amazing creators. And we started building good relationships. And, you know, I also saw the biggest thing for me was I saw a platform that had you know, it was sluggish and it still is at times or it's buggy. And I was like, they are going through so much growing pains because they're look, they see something greater. And I see it with every other social media platform, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, people are like, you're going to post on YouTube. There's television, right? And then people, everyone, and everyone posted YouTube, right? In 2006, that's what people were saying. Like Instagram, it's just like photos and like filters. And, and now it's like a billion active users, right? Like, People, people that said, I would never, I'm not going to be on Facebook. Even 40 to 50 year olds are now on Facebook. Like, it's always trending that way. So people are like, using LinkedIn for content? Well, like, no, no one's doing it right now, but I honestly believe that it's going to get there. Like, they have 500 million users on the platform right now. Uh, actually, just over. So it's actually getting close to 600 million users. Of the 600 million users on the platform, uh, 50% are active. So you, got, you have between 250 you know, to 300 million people that are active, which is really like they're coming in once a month. So they're not just a, a dead profile. So okay, you got 300 million 
active users, let's say, of those people creating content right now, you have 1%, 1% of people are creating content on LinkedIn right now. They're saying like, they're actually saying like roughly 3 million people are creating content, original content on LinkedIn. So 1% of the people are creating content and that doesn't even mean it's good. Right? Like that, that's just people that are just doing it. So let's say out of the people that are actually doing it really well, let's say it's 1% of that 1%. So when you're talking about a platform that's unsaturated, I was like, there's so much opportunity here that's untapped that nobody's looking at. I need to, I just need to, to focus on it. Like the Instagram thing, those are all great platforms, but I want to put my eggs in a basket that I know is going to grow. Where you know it's like you're seeing all this traction, you're seeing people like Gary Vee say, get on LinkedIn, you know, give it a go. Like people are not seeing that there's an opportunity here. And so, you know, from there just start sharing good content and you know, reaching out to amazing people. My like people that I lo- loved learning from in the marketing space. I was always passionate about marketing. I would follow these gurus and I was like, I'm never gonna talk to them. Like I just follow their content. But it was on LinkedIn, a turning point for me was um, I did a post and I did a post and I was sharing, um, I had learned a lot about LinkedIn at the time. I was on a few months and I met a lot of great people. I had understood who was, who was really crushing it. And so I, I did a post welcoming, cause I noticed on my feed, Miguel Forbes, he's the found, co-founder of Forbes.com. And I noticed he just joined LinkedIn. Like he had his, a few posts he was posting. And, um, so I did a public post to Miguel Forbes. And I said, hey, Miguel Forbes, welcome to LinkedIn. Here are the people, here's what LinkedIn used to be. Here's what it is now. And I listed a few things. And here are the people that are doing amazing things. And I named them out and I said, what they're, what amazing things. Here's the amazing video creators, tag them. Here's the amazing writers, tag them. That post in just a couple days got over a million views. Yeah, and so I was like, a million people just saw this post. And... Um, and then Miguel Forbes reached out to me and he sent me a message. And I was like, if I can reach someone like Miguel Forbes on the platform, I can reach anybody. And so, and then I had a conversation with him over chat. And I was like, so I started doing that. And then, you know, from there, I created an article series called Incredible. So I thought I had created a series called Incredible, an article series. And I'm going to start featuring people that are doing amazing things on the platform. So I started doing that. I got like Swish Swami on, who I met first. And, Natalie Riso and some really cool people that I've met um, and I use that as leverage to then um, go a little bit bigger and so that's when I reached out to Jay Shetty and so I reached out to Jay Shetty and I said like hey Jay like I'm doing an article series here's your cover photo already done for you even though you haven't accepted yet I'm like all done for you we're ready to go if you're up for it um, I'd love to do write an article on you um, you know, about some amazing people doing incredible things on LinkedIn and beyond. And he responded back and said, yeah, sure, let's book a time. So I thought, here's a guy at the time had 3 million followers on Facebook and 1 billion views on his videos worldwide. Today, we are here in January of 2019. So only eight months after I spoke with him, um, Jay has 20 million followers and <laughs> 3 billion video views. He was That's just voted crazy. one of the top brands in the entire world on Facebook. That That's is not crazy. a company. He's the only one that was listed as a personal brand as one of the top companies on Facebook. That's and crazy. And I'm like, yes, he grew 17 million followers <laughs> in eight months since I talked to him. That's so crazy. So oh, I my gosh. 
to talk to these That's people so was amazing. Cute. So I was like, LinkedIn to me was truly the back door. When everybody's going through the front door, Instagram, Twitter, email, and they're getting like, they're trying to talk to the CEO, and they're getting the assistant, and they're like Facebook. I saw LinkedIn as an opportunity, as a backdoor, because people still held their, their, their LinkedIn profiles as a very personal thing, right? Like, it's my personal profile, it's got my, like, work experience, and, like, nobody's really talking to me on it, but it's still very personal. They held it, right? So I was of the belief that these are people that you could contact right away, and it really was Jay Shetty. And so the coolest part of that was I actually reached out to him a few more times, you know, not, not too much, you know, contact back, you know, a text back here and there, but that's it. And, um, you know, I know he's busy. I'm like, he's, he's super busy now. Right now, I don't even think he does his own content, his own responding back. Because he says, how can he do it with 20 million people on, mm. his, on, his, on his platforms, right? Um, so, uh, but then I woke up. Uh, then I, conti- I continued to do content. I, did do, I went and did video and I did tons of other um, things. I thought, I'm going to start committing to video. And so I started doing that. And, you know, I started, so today I've reached over 7 million people on my, on my content through video and different, and different other uh, posts. But, um, yeah, it was, the other thing too is, you know, you can grow in so many different areas. So, uh, and you can get so many opportunities that you never thought of. So because of that article to Jay, um, you know, I did a video with him, I did a video with him as well. And then, um, I just had. I just was in Chicago a few months ago with my family on vacation and I woke up in the morning and I looked at my phone and I got a message in LinkedIn and I had all these people viewed my profile more like a big spike and I, uh, I got a message from a mutual connection on LinkedIn. Coolest part about this was I just met her. Her name was Lucanne. I just met her probably two weeks before. We hadn't even communicated yet. We just added each other. And I go and look at this message from her, and she says, I was just at a private mastermind conference in Dubai. Jay Shetty was having his own private mastermind group with all these different people, and he was sharing who's, he shared the best people on LinkedIn that he sees that are doing some amazing things. He pulls up your profile, he starts sharing it with the whole group, and says you need to connect with this guy. So for me, that was one of the coolest feelings, right? Like, Someone who's just one of the top creators in the entire world, because of could connect on LinkedIn, because of a little one opportunity, has transformed my other op- my opportunities in my entire life by able to, to start you know a business and, and it provides instant credibility right when you have someone of that caliber shouting you out and saying you got to follow what this guy's doing. So so for me that was a big turning point. Um, you know it's those types of opportunities and I just continue to run with it, creating content and now. After all the message I've been, messages in, you know, in my message box that I've been receiving and the people that have been reaching out, I've been so busy that I can't help everybody. Like, help me with my LinkedIn. And so now I've decided to turn it into how I can help people on a larger level, and that's through an online learning program. So it's all come full circle for me from college to, like, starting content, and then you stick with it. When you're consistent, I never stopped in an entire year. But it's amazing what, if I told you in 12 months, these are what your results will be, I, most people think yes, absolutely, but it's the people that stick with it and are consistent that see those results. And I've been on the platform for 12 months, and I've seen people come, com- say I'm committed, and then completely disappear. And I'm like, 
those are the people that, you know what, it's the people that stick around and that continue to do it will see the best results. So a long-winded story, but that's the, really the story of where it's taking me today. It's absolutely amazing. I love that. And I love that one opportunity. And you were talking about that analogy earlier about the ball, the ball of snow, you know, pushing up that ball of snow up the mountain. Just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. And eventually it just clicks and it just flows down the mountain and you just have like a, a bunch of opportunities just thrown left and right at you and that's crazy but what people don't know is that you actually you you were doing all this but at the same time you have two kids right so you're, you're a father and like you're doing all this thing all these things that are amazing and it's like i feel that the more you get that that credibility and the more that you love what you do you can take on so much more than you think you can and i'm really discovering like a new person in myself while seeing all that you know i see stories like you stories like stories like alex's stories like uh swishes and i'm like wow these people are so amazing like they live on a completely different level but they've all started at one point and though yeah they might have like differentiating traits as an individual but they all work insanely hard and the, the the work ethic behind that is so amazing and i love that i really really love the fact that you know you're so real about it and you're so real about that one opportunity and i think that would be really interesting you know outlining uh people who got really big on platforms and looking at that one opportunity that just made them blow up because a lot of people say like oh it was just like it was just like this and that and just like working hard every day and like I built it from dust and it's like no at some point like somebody shared their success with you and for you it was Jay Shetty and uh, do you want to explain who Jay is a little bit because people might not be familiar with him sure yeah Jay is a viral video, video creator um, he was a former monk and he is the top Forbes top 30 under 30 he actually worked for um, Ariana Huffington for the Huffington Post um, you know he worked for um, uh, Accenture and Um, and when he was working there, he decided uh, he was creating some videos online himself and that sort of thing. He was trying to break into the media scene and uh, Ariana Huffington got a glimpse of some of his videos and she said, come work for me. Um, I want you to be, I want you to host a more, like I want you to host a show with the Huff Post. He said, okay, great. So then he, she, he decided to host um, a show with the Huffington Post and his content through the Huffington Post helped him grow to like over a million followers, right? Um, so 1.5 million. Um, and he was there for a year or two, right? And then it was, I guess, for example, through the Huff Post and that, that show he made um, that he thought, I can do this myself. So he left the Huffington Post, started creating his, his own sort of brand. And um, that's when he grew from 1.5, after he left 1.5 to 3 million, and then went real hard on his own content. He creates real viral content, like emotional storytelling videos, focused strict, strictly on video. And, you know, that's when he grew in the last, literally in the last eight to 10 months, you know, he grew from three million to 20 on, on Facebook. And, um, you know, he's, he's one of the most, probably the top five, if not in the top three, most viewed people on the entire internet today. That's crazy, man. That's completely crazy to me. But what people don't understand is that there are strategies to the madness. There are ways of going about it that capture people's attention. And your ability to do that is tremendous. You've learned to leverage, you know, one platform over the other. So we'll talk about that. Let's talk a little bit about you, you being a LinkedIn strategist. So tell us as a consultant and brand slash community ambassador, uh, how you use LinkedIn and how you leverage it. Um, 
based on your techniques in delivery? How do you keep the attention of people? Because attention is one of the most important commodities ever. You need to pe- you need to keep people's attention, get it and keep it for as long as you can, as long as your video as long as your video is, whether it be two minutes, thirty seconds, five minutes. How do you keep people's attention? How do you keep people glued to their screen? Because I've listened to your videos. You know, it's not about you know those switches of scenery or like that. So it's just you speaking, you being yourself, you being real and just you just showing who you are and people love it. People, I see you getting like 200 likes on uh, on LinkedIn and just like I see that very rarely in people. So talk to us a little bit more about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think that number one is, I like to tell people all the time is when it comes to attention, um, it's so hard these days because people are, are so pulled in different directions right like if if um if you don't like a video you can scroll right past it there's one more post or one more picture or video right after that like moving on in a second so you have to understand like how do i capture somebody's attention right away and uh, i said this quote to you a little bit earlier was um, your success regardless any person's success on any platform is directly proportional to the, their ability to capture and hold somebody's attention long enough for them to see your value. So everybody says, I have something, I have this message to share, I have so much value inside of me, I have experiences, that's all great and that's fantastic. There are two components, value and you always wanna create value regardless of anybody's watching. And number two is attention. How do you capture that attention? So number one with LinkedIn is the biggest Thing before content, before any of that stuff, is your profile. You have to create a compelling enough profile for somebody to want to stick around, for somebody to visit your profile and not just leave and be like, oh, this. Because you got to think about it. Anytime you visit someone's profile, anytime you visit someone's like anything, you know, um, account on Instagram, whatever, it's the first thing that pops into your mind is like, what's in it for me? Like, is this person going to provide value to me on my journey? Can I connect with them and, you know, and get some opportunity here? Is, you know, is, is there an opportunity to learn something from them? A lot of people are like, what's in it for me? So if you think about that, what's in it for me approach, when someone visits your LinkedIn profile, you have to take that same approach. What's in it for me? What's in it for the person that is coming to your profile? So for me, it was, I need to create a, an, an opportunity to, I need to give, I need to create credibility first of all. Cause I was like, when I started, I didn't have any, right? Like here I am, I'm like, I, I, I never met these amazing people. Like just starting out, I don't have any credibility. Who is going to want to listen <laughs> to a word that I have to say? And why should they, why should right, they? Exactly. So I was like, I need to create, I need to create some leverage for myself and they need to build up some credibility. So that was one of the biggest reasons that I started that incredible series. Where I was like, if I don't have the credibility myself, go find the people that do. Go find the people that do. Find enough people. Reach out to enough people and find someone that's going to take a chance on you. And I'm not saying you need to start small. You need to go contact Gary Vee. Because there's a good chance that ain't going to happen. Go find someone who's got 100,000 followers. Go find someone that's started a business that's maybe even in your local community, but is a local celebrity or someone where it's like, hey, people would want to learn from this person because they have some clout, they have some credibility. People do genuinely want to learn from their experience. You know, they've proven themselves. So that's what I did. I said, 
I need to start a, an incredible series. And that's what I did with Swish. And I said, he's someone that's known on the platform. He was the first person I had on the, the article series. Um, and then, you know, from there, I did, I'm like, okay, Natalie Riso, she's awesome. I love the content she's putting out. She's a student. She's got over, over a quarter million followers on LinkedIn. And, you know, and then she, now she's got over like 400,000, which is amazing. She's, and I just loved her personality. Reached out to her. She was my next guest. I had a couple more people, and then that's when I had Swish. And then I didn't even need to do. I didn't even need to continue the Incredible series. It was actually a lot of work, and I didn't really continue much more after that because I thought I was so. I, I already built enough credibility for myself at that point through content because people would visit my profile and be like, "Oh, this person interviewed Swish, interviewed you know uh, Jay Shetty, interviewed with Natalie Riso, interviewed with this person," and you know. I had won a top 40 under 40 award in my city. I include that as the first thing in my profile. Because I was like, people want to connect with people that have done great things, right? Like, these are achievements that you need to highlight because if I had put, you know, manager of partnerships, which is really what I do all as well, um, people, not necessarily everybody wants to, that's not going to attract people to want to connect with you, right? So I like to say is, you're not defined by your job. You have a job. You are not defined by the title of your job. You are a person. There's so much more to your life than just your job title. That should not be the first thing on your profile. It's who you are. It's the things that you believe in. It's your values. It's the things that make you your purpose, like the things that make you tick. Those are the things that need to be in there. So that's what I have, like top 40 under 40, business strategist, you know, content creator. Those are, I hold a bunch of different things. So yeah, I created that leverage of credibility, and then that is when st things started to 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 um, to roll. You start with that credibility. You create content. You don't stop doing it. You just you, you build relationships with people. That was another one. It was all about relationships for me. I wasn't selling anything. It was like relationship, relationship, relationship. Comment on other people's stuff. Collaborate with other people's stuff. You know. Um, and it's just like, yeah, those are some great tactics. It's like you have to build that leverage to start. And then, for example, in videos, if I said it's all about attention. Great. How do you capture attention in a video? Well, when people are scrolling through the feed, there's two things I like to say. Number one, square video. If you're doing a video, take make sure it's a square video. A lot of people have differing opinions on that. I say square because it takes up more of your screen, and that's just proven, right? Like, if you have a horizontal video, you're taking up maybe 25% of the screen. If you know you scroll to the top. The rest is all next posts or it's white space or comments. If you have a square video, you're now taking up probably, probably approximately 50% of the screen. You have more of someone's eyeballs at more like for a longer period of time. So um, that was another one. Is I'm like square video because you can capture someone's attention a little bit longer than you can for another video. And then additional to that, I thought when people are scrolling, the first thing they're going to see is that first frame of your video. If you're not smiling, if you like have this frown on your face or you're like staring off to the side because you're like, okay, is the camera on? People are gonna scroll past that, right? Like you, you, have, you have no time to make an impact, right? Like you have to do it right away. So um, I make sure that that first frame of my video is usually um, you know, at least smiling. If not, there's something in there. There's like a, an emoji, there's a lot of titles. You know, there's a big bold title that's going to grab their attention. I have in almost all of my videos. I have a title, um, which is another big one. And then next to that, like thirdly, is don't introduce yourself. People don't care. Like really, people don't care. Like 
Hi, my name is Fabio. Like, thanks for watching this video. I'm going to talk about today. No, because people want to consume information that's going to help them. Like, you get right into your message. You want to help someone with marketing? You say, here are the three top tips in marketing for this year. Number one, like, you just go right into it. People can consume that information, and then they walk away thinking, that was valuable. Next time I see that person's post, I want to see what they have to say. So those are three actionable steps in terms of from a video perspective to help um, capture that attention when people are when you're creating content and scrolling down the feed. Mm, that's super another, interesting. Yeah, and another thing is subtitles. I guess there's a fourth one: the subtitles. Oh. Because 70, 70 to eighty percent of people watch their phone on silent. Mm. So if they scroll past your video and they don't want it, and they're in a library or they're walking and they don't have headphones in, whatever, they don't want to turn the sound on. Well. They see your mouth moving, but they have no idea what you're saying. So when you have subtitles, you still give that person the ability to consume your content without them having to turn your sound on. Again, it gives you more attention on what the message is. You're, you're capturing more people's attention to hear your message, just not through voice. You're doing it through text, which is another um, strategy that the best content creators are using. Wow, absolutely amazing. That was like a so packed of like jam-packed value right there thank you so much for that and i really love the fact that um, you reached out to the key people but also to reach out to the key people and get those noteworthy people either with articles or on your podcast or on your video or whatever it may be you need to be on the on the platform a lot you need to be immersed in the environment because you need to understand who these people are, what makes them tick, how do you talk to them, how do you um, go to propose something to them, uh, what's the project that interests them, how do you uh, differentiate yourself from others, you know, and when I reached out to you and I reached out to Alex, I listened to your videos really regularly, you know, I understand, I sort of understand the mechanisms that you use and what reached out, the fact that I reached out and it worked is proof that you can actually like make it happen, but you have to be immersed into the environment. And I find that really interesting because it ties into the fact that, you know, you use LinkedIn and primarily LinkedIn because it's your expertise, it's your domain where you know your turf, you know where you're headed and you know to the people that you're talking to. So uh, I find that really amazing. But um, is there such a thing as doing too much on a platform? So um, I don't know how regularly you update your content. So you do you do daily content? Do you do two times a week, three times a week, four times a week? Because there is too there is something as too much if you're posting five times a day and you have you know like 20 followers people are going to get tired of seeing your face every single day and you have to be very strategic about the way that you go about your videos and i know that i've done that is uh, posting too much i told myself like you know i'm just going to get a ton of content out there i'm going to pump out as much as possible but then the quality of the content goes down then the amount of people that follow you on each post goes down the algorithm sees less and the people are following less. So what's the balance there? Can, is there something as doing too much or is it always you're doing too little? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting um, question there. Um, the first thing I'll say before I get into that is if LinkedIn's an interesting platform in that you add connections, right? So you add connections who are then in turn uh, also a follower. So you can follow someone's content without being connected to them. But being connected to someone, like you can have 20,000 followers and 7,000 connections. They add, so you would have 13,000 followers, but 7,000 more followers, which are also connections, give you that 20,000. So um, the interesting thing of that, though, is your first degree connections on LinkedIn are your most crucial. The reason being is when you create a post, 
LinkedIn will only provide your content, your video, whatever it is that you create to a small segment of your first degree connections. So if you have a thousand, only a thousand connections, right? Let's say LinkedIn is only going to test your post with a small degree. Let's say they're going to only send it to 500 people. And that's only if, and that's like how many of those 500 people are actually on LinkedIn, right? If you have a thousand people that are just silent, they're not already even on, they never go on LinkedIn. Not good. Cause then you're probably not getting anybody seeing your content. But let's say you started out and you're smart and you're like, I just started on LinkedIn. I'm going to go find a thousand people that I've, are commenting on content, right? That are creating videos. I know they're on the platform daily. Good, smart move. You did a thousand people that are on the platform daily. Best thing that you can do. Out of those a thousand people that are on the platform, you know that when the, the, the video gets uploaded, LinkedIn's going to show it to, let's say, two to five, let's say two or three hundred people, whatever. So they're doing a test. They're like, okay, two or three hundred people are going to see this. If this content is engaged with quickly, people like it, comment it, share, like if it's good content, we deem it good content, we're going to release it to the additional seven to 800 people that we didn't show it to. Then they release it and then it goes on. So that's the, the interesting part about LinkedIn is, and that's why good quality content is important. But further to my, my point about first degree connections was, you need to make sure your first degree connections are relevant. Most people, the pro- biggest problem, like the, the number one problem that I see with people on LinkedIn and why they're not getting traction on their posts and they have like, they have 50,000 followers and they have two likes on their posts. The biggest problem, and I see far too many people and they're like, oh, I maxed out on my connections. I got 30,000 connections because LinkedIn only allows you to have a maximum of 30,000 connections. So they're like, oh, I already have my full 30,000. I'm like 50,000 followers, but like, oh, I just added everybody. Anyone that like connected with me, everyone that added me, like that wanted to connect, I just accepted everybody. Well, how often do those, like, first of all, are those people even interested in your content? Like if you help consultants, if you help entrepreneurs, if your specific message is to environmental scientists and you start adding people in the IT space, everyone that wants to just add you, you post a message, nobody's gonna care about that content, right? So if you add content, that is relevant to the people that you're adding in your connection base, you immediately boost the ability to have people like and comment on that post. Because now, let's say, out of those 1,000 people, let's say you serve consultants, right? If you had 800 out of those 1,000 people were consultants, and you had a post or video that was about consultants, and how you could help them, and five ways that consultants can generate more business, how many people from your connections do you think are actually going to see that and actually watch your video? A higher majority because you're serving up content that's relevant to them. So that's the number one thing in, um, in building that community is generating content that is going to actually be relevant to people's connections. So that's like that's the most important thing in, um, in, in starting is making sure that your content is relevant because if it's not relevant, people won't even see it right like that's the biggest thing Mm. yeah that's huge and i think that's very real because i passed through that phase of like adding everybody because i talked to a i talked to a woman she's helping small businesses and she said 
um, you know, you can get to 5,000 connections by the end of 2019, but make sure to do it organically. And I misunderstood. I just saw the 5,000. I was just like, okay, so add, 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 add. But then you're adding anybody and I'm at 2,500 connections right now, but it's just not clicking, right? It's not, it's not clicking like it used to. So they're taking, they're, you're actually back, it, it's actually backfiring because you're, you have this bigger majority of people who don't listen and this smaller majority of this smaller minority of people who are like, I want to listen to your content, but I'm not seeing it because of that testing yep. that you saw earlier. So yep. I really find that interesting. So, so here's an example. I have 5,000 people right now sitting in my connection box right now. 5,000 people. I have 17,000 followers. I think I'm right. I think I'm something along the lines of, um, oh, I don't know, like 8,000 connections or something like that. Eight or 9,000 connections. The rest are all followers. I could go like, okay, 17,000. I want to get over 20,000 right now because I'm all about numbers. I'm going to just accept all those 5,000 people that are sitting in my box right now. Well, like, that's just a waste. It's not going to help anybody. It's not going to help me because I'm like, I would rather go through. If it's, it is, it, if I see someone in my inbox and they are a tax specialist, like, my content just, there's a great chance it may not even be relevant to them. I'm actually doing them a disservice that they're going to see content that is that they're not even interested in, and nobody wins. I don't win, and they don't win, right? So it's like that's the biggest thing. People want to follow and connect with people that um, they can also get value from. So I'm very, 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 very uh, safe. Uh, like I don't want to know what the word is. I'm very protective of my connection base because I don't want to waste it. LinkedIn might might up it to 50,000, 100,000 someday. I don't know. But if I race to 30,000 and I completely lose the best spots of people and LinkedIn grows, and now I'm like, oh, I'm going to remove all these connections. And it's so much harder to do that, to remove connections. It's a, it's a pain in the butt. Um, then I, I, I didn't build it right. I, I, I thought, I'm going to build it the smart way. I'm going to only serve up people that I know that I can serve who would be interested in my message because then... That's why I can throw a video out and get a ton more engagement because I have a community of people that are actually engaged in the content that I'm creating. Then the cool part of that is when your first degree connections like and comment on your post, their, their second degree sees it. So now you're building other people. Now you have other people. And there's a good chance consultants, for example, are connected to other consultants. So it's like now you're, 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 you are leveraging scale like now you're now you're getting inbound not outbound not, i'm not messaging people. now i'm getting inbound requests to connect from people that i can set, potentially serve who are interested in my content that's building it the smart way that's doing it right and there's a lot of people that aren't necessarily doing it that way and that's what i do i educate people to make sure that they're doing it the right way so that they can see value in the platform when they're actually using it they don't just leave and like linkedin's not for me right because they build it right it's a very powerful platform. Mm, that's huge. And I, I think I'm going to do a little bit of cleaning up after this video because I have a lot of work to do and I want to really leverage that platform as well as I can because uh, obviously, like many people, I do think that I have a message and I have an ability uh, to to get that uh, recognition, but I just need to work hard at it and I need to choose the right people to connect with. So thank you very much for that. So uh, moving on now, I just wanted to tell, I looked at your profile a little bit. You know, I looked at the top 40, uh, under 40. I looked at your your connections. I looked at what you did, your marketing and Actus and all that. But there's one thing that really uh, kept my eye is that 
every at every end of your post or at every end of the video you say stay fab so what does that mean like obviously your name is fabio i get it it's catchy it's nice it's a good way to end your videos i get it but what does it mean to you what does it mean in real time yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I have no, no one's ever asked me that question. You're the first person that's ever asked me that. Um, <clears throat> for me, it was, number one, it was a name thing. When I started, I'm like, you know what? I wanted to create a brand identifier for someone like me, number one. And then number two is I want people to help find my content. Because you can click on Stay Fab and hashtag Stay Fab and go find previous content that I posted in the past, right? So... I wanted to, to create a, as part of a personal brand, a unique identifier. Um, Quentin alums is someone that does it really well. So before I get to the state fab part, Quentin alum does it really well. You know, not just with a, a hashtag, for example, but he, he has unique brand identifiers, um, like a black rimmed hat. He has a big black rimmed hat he wears in almost all his videos. In his posts, he does like the, the Vulcan salute um, emoji, right? And he does a black heart, like a black emoji heart. Those are his three unique identifiers. Um, and then you have someone like Goldie Chan on the platform. She's got her green hair, right? And she's got, she uses a green heart. So people start seeing certain things and they identify it as that person's brand. So, so for me it was, I just wanted to create a hashtag that was like relevant, that was relevant to my name, that was also relevant to what I, you know, it wasn't about like um, all about me. It was a tag that was like stay fab because people, I want people to, to, to realize that if done right and if executed, they have the potential to essentially be fab, like to be a very, like a fabulous leader in their communities, in the, in, the, in the online space, whatever it is, like they, they are somebody, right? Like stay fab. It's not like be fab. You go and be fab. It's stay fab. You are somebody, but sometimes it's conversations like you and I are having that for one person that's like sitting on the fence, you know, like, oh, you know, I just, I know I can do something. Sometimes it's that one piece of content, it's that one conversation, it's that one message or that one comment that could potentially light a fire under someone and be like, you were the person that 10 years ago, you know, I saw a video of yours and it got me off my butt and look at look where I am today. I've been able to grow this business or get this place in my career and all because of the help. And, you know, and that was a, that's a person who is, you know, was already there. They were fab and it's now they've, they've, they've continued along that journey. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of evolved. I never thought it would really catch on. I started it and I'm like, I don't even know if I should say that, but it's kind of cheesy. And I'm like, it just kind of people liked it and stood on. So it kind of stuck and I kept it. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I love it. And that's a perfect way to finish the interview, man. I think that this was really an organic interview. I super uh, enjoyed this. If I could super like it, I would super like it. Um, (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to be here uh, with me. I still, I'm going to, I'm going to, close the, the camera of the camera here I mean the recording device but I still think that I want to talk to you a little bit more after this so uh, just for the closing do you have any closing statements um, that you want to tell the people uh, that are listening you know what it, it's just about LinkedIn right like people should get on LinkedIn they should give it a go if you haven't before um, every platform has gone through growth and LinkedIn is in that phase right now I want to put this into perspective for you when Instagram was bought by Facebook. Instagram bought Facebook, uh, sorry, Facebook bought Instagram right. for $1 billion. 
one. And it's the largest social media platform pretty much on the planet right now, maybe aside from Facebook, but the, the most active for sure. Um, where Microsoft saw opportunity in LinkedIn and said this is a platform that was underutilized. It was a, it was had a, you know, a concept that people didn't get about resumes and jobs, you know, people didn't get it, but we know that there's more opportunity here. So Microsoft decided to invest $26.2 billion, 26 times more money than Facebook invested to buy Instagram, to buy LinkedIn. So if Microsoft sees an opportunity in LinkedIn, and they're no schmo of a company, of course, Microsoft, they are the, one of the biggest reasons LinkedIn is seeing some early success out of that partnership, out of that acquisition, because they decided to launch video and a bunch of these other amazing features, and it's only going to grow from there. So if there's anything I could say is like, give the platform a try and, um, and figure out how it can help you for your career, because in five years, you might be actually sitting here thinking, I wish I got on LinkedIn when I listened to that podcast five years ago. Hmm. That's huge. And, and definitely it's about having that sightseeing, that forward ability to see where the businesses are headed. And, you know, I think uh, Gary Vee had that ability uh, in working consistently towards something and finding a niche need that people have and really striving for that. So uh, thank you for being on here. Thank you for accompanying me through this journey. This was quite actually the journey. It was a great hour. And uh, this was Frank and Fabio bringing you through the static. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you next time, guys.